motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, France. France is a certified conscious parenting coach who fuses human design and other modalities to guide you to parent your child in the unique way they desire to be parented. She is here to make spirituality fun and easy and to elevate the frequencies of consciousness, love, compassion, and joy within families worldwide teaching you and your child to live in the most effortless, harmonious, and creative way, which will bring you all the success you desire. As well, she is also a number one Amazon bestseller author for her reflective journal, Sparkle Time. Thank you so much for joining me today, France. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, before we jump into the questions, if you could share with our listeners the correct pronunciation of your full, beautiful name, because I just don't have the lovely accent that you do to say it. For sure. It is France Taillard. Thank you. I appreciate that. I just would not be able to do it. It's just <laughs> most, most people can, so it's all good. <laughs> Thank you. So to start off, I would love to learn more about your story and what led you to become a conscious parenting coach. And with that, if you could also share what exactly is a conscious parenting coach? For sure. So I started a while ago, probably 10 years ago, and I just started doing yoga, meditation, tapping, qigong, things like that, more spiritual guided things. And then five years ago, I had my daughter. I had her in February. And then in May for Mother's Day, my mom bought me a book from Dr. Shafali. It was The Conscious Parent, I believe it's called, something along those lines. And I started reading it and I listened to one of her interviews on a podcast and it just blew me away. And I was like, this is so interesting. So from a very, very young age, I started to bring in those types of modalities, that type of thinking into my parenting. Fast forward till my daughter was three and a half. I now was the owner of three of Dr. Shafali's books. And I was just like loving every piece of it. And I was sitting in my partner's living room reading a book and I was like I just want to jump into this woman's brain and learn everything she knows so I started going on her website and I found that she had a certification program so I was like yes so I jumped on I registered and then I started the certification four months later so really what conscious parenting is is raising your child their way so there's kind of two different ways of looking at it One, you're raising them their way. So you're kind of taking away how you were parented. You're taking away 
what society expects you or how they expect you to parent your child. And you're parenting them based on what they need and how they're uniquely designed. And then also you're raising yourself as well as raising your child, right? So to be able to parent them their way, stuff is going to come up on our journey. It does for all of us. So it's a matter of how you react or respond in those situations so that you also raise yourself up, you heal so that you can truly be able to parent your child their way. That is very interesting and a very interesting journey that sort of brought you to where you are today and how neat that your mom shared a book with you that really ignited your interest and kind of led you down the path to learn even more and then to eventually become certified. I love that. And I'm curious, so you are a mom of a daughter who is now five. Is that right? So what are some of the strategies that help you to juggle the work that you're doing as a conscious parenting coach and as a mom? Well, my story is a little bit different, and I'm sure some listeners will be able to connect and others won't, but I'm actually separated. So I co-parent, and that's what helps me. (laughs) So not that I'm recommending that for everyone, but I've wanted to be a coach for a number of years now. So doing the conscious parenting was just the perfect fit for me. So when I started doing that, I actually only really work when she's with her dad. We have 50-50 access. So for the most part, like I'll show up on social media and do a little bit of, you know, work, maybe if I need to, when she's with me, the tool that helps me sadly is the iPad. (laughs) But other than that, I just plan my days so that I do like lots of chunks of work while she's with her dad so that it gives me the time to be able to fully be with her when I have my time with her. Yeah. And it is just finding those ways, right, to organize our time so that we can be present as a mom and present with our work in a way that works best for each of us. Sounds like that's been a way that's been really successful for you and really helpful because it can be tricky. It can be tricky to divide our time and attention. It can be really tricky. And if she was with me full time, I'm sure there'd be a whole other different way that I would do it. But this is you know, the reality of my life now. And I, I wasn't always a coach. So before that, but I always wanted to be with her as much as possible. So before that, I chose to not work in the field that I went to school for and do serving like waitressing because I was working at night. I'd be with her all day, work at night. But that was burning the candle on both ends because I was going to bed way too late and it was challenging in its own ways. Yeah. Yeah, that can be tough. It can be very easy to get very tired when you're not getting that rest and that time to recharge and then to be, you can be physically present, but then it's really hard to be mentally present and emotionally present for our kids when we're just so exhausted. That can definitely be a huge challenge. I had an experience working in the evenings as well when our kids were young, teaching night classes. So to adults who are looking to upgrade their chemistry, actually, Mm. and But I did find that hard because I'd be full on all day and then be full on in the evenings. And I really was incredibly exhausted. So it worked in the short term, but uh, in the long term, that would have been a really tough thing to, to continue on, at least the way that things sort of work and were set up for our family. It was it was challenging for sure. Now, there are obviously so many different ways to approach parenting and our parenting journey with our kids. And you've spoken to what conscious parenting is. 
but I'm curious, how has your expertise in training and conscious parenting influenced how you parent your own daughter? So what are some examples and ways of what that looks like for you and your daughter? Yeah, so, and I don't think there's one right way to parent, but the big theme inside conscious parenting, like I said earlier, is like not only raising your child, but also raising yourself. But to and then to be able to guide them for who they uniquely are. So after I finished my certification, like that was a big thing, like raise your child and guide them for who they are and be their guide more than anything else. Kind of like acting like an ant, right? Like an ant is just going to have fun with them and they're going to, you know, be more playful. They're not going to worry about like, oh, they're not going to get good grades and go to a good school and they're going to end up, you know, all these bad things that we imagine as parents. So I found it a little bit hard to be able to do that. And just about two months after I graduated as a certified conscious parenting coach, I discovered human design. Are you familiar with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what that really does is conscious parenting and human design to me are like a match made in heaven and human design allows you to be a more conscious parent because you don't have to guess. Your whole, how your child is uniquely designed is laid out for you. And then you start to understand it, right? So I use both of these things. I use, I figure out, oh, this is how she's designed. And then I go into my tool sets of conscious parenting to be able to guide her unique way, right? So for example, it's an easy one, but I think a lot of people can relate to that. Inside her human design, she, her root center is open which means she doesn't do well under other people's timelines. So, you know, it's now that I know it, it's so funny. Like we get up in the morning and she creates a whole plan for the whole day. And that works really well because she can create her own timeline and something that's comfortable for her and she will thrive in that. But if I would be like, you have to do this, 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 and that, she'd be like, whoa, mama, it's too much. And she'd freak out. She'd have a, like, she'd have a freak out, a tantrum, whatever you want to call it, right? And I've lived with that. Like, so she was four and I discovered human design and it'd be every time we had to leave the door, we'd have an argument. Let's go, Daphne, we're going to be late. And then it's, you know, she'd start freaking out, crying this and that. And then so learning both, I'm able to come at it from a conscious parenting aspect. And then knowing that like, oh, she's not doing it just to piss me off. And just because she's not a good listener or just because of that, that's actually how she's designed. So how can we work together so that we are able to make things to arrive to places and meetings and appointments on time and not have tears every time we have to leave the door. You know, that's one short, small example, but so many people I think can relate to things like that. Yes, I definitely can. It's definitely gotten easier as our kids have gotten older, but as you're speaking, I'm thinking about my own three kids and their three distinct personalities and just thinking about how when they were younger, what getting out the door looked like for each of them. And they each kind of had their own way and there were sort of their own sets of challenges in that specific situation. So I think that's a fantastic example that you've shared that really illustrates the the work that you do and how you apply it with your own daughter as well and the, the relationship that you have with her. So if a family was coming to work with you, what does that look like? Where do you sort of start with that family? And what does that process look like in terms of the support that you offer? Do you find that people generally come with a specific question or they're looking at things more holistically? And do you have sort of a structured process that you work through or or what does that look like? 
a little bit of both. So some people come and they have like, I just need this fix. I just want one appointment. And so I do those intensive sessions for just like a quick fix. But there's also some moms that are, you know, they really understand, okay, I need to dive deeper into this. I need to learn all, all of this, right? I want to elevate myself. I want more. I'm tired of just, you know, surviving. I want our family to thrive. So then we jump together into a longer container, which is typically three or four months of one-on-one coaching. I have a loose guideline of what I do because I follow the family. So certain things that I do is our kids, they, we all pay attention to energy, right? So a lot of what I do is the energy work behind everything, right? So things like tapping and Qigong are things that I work with moms to for themselves and to guide their children through it because kids pick up on energy, right? And that's another thing inside human design. When you look at emotions and emotional intelligence and how everybody processes emotions, it's so different for everybody. But especially like me and my daughter both have open centers, which means we we pick up on everybody's energy. So we need things in our day to be able to release that, right? So we work on energy things. We look at conscious parenting and we also look at simplicity. One of the things that families don't quite realize, and, and it's interesting because coming out of a year and a bit of being home, we think, oh, our life is simple but that's not the case (laughs) for most families. They just do the same things, you know, from home. I know a friend of mine, she, you know, showed up on her stories a little bit ago and she was like, Oh my God, like, I can't do this. Like this one kid has gymnastics over zoom. This other kid has soccer over zoom and this and that, like, it's too much. I'm like, and don't register for it. Like, you know, so we've just kept the same crazy busy schedules and do it from home now. Right. So Simplicity is a big piece that I like to look at because once we insert that into the family, often a lot of the behavior issues start to dissolve because there's just the kids were too stressed, the environment, the energy, everything was just too stressful for them. I can definitely see that. And it's interesting uh, here in Calgary right now, things are starting to open up more and there are actually opportunities for kids to more and more be involved in in in-person activities, extracurricular things, and that again. But our family, interestingly enough, decided not to go that route. And so our kids have actually had quite a bit of unstructured time, way more than usual. Uh, Our older two love to play hockey. And so they did play hockey for a part of this year and we'll start up again in the fall. Our youngest has been doing piano lessons, but we didn't do gymnastics because it wasn't consistently available to us this year. But we're, we're kind of putting things on, on hold a little. And in some ways, we've never had so much time to go for walks together. Uh, in our community, we have pickleball courts. And so we've bought pickleball rackets and we've now taken up pickleball and we go and play together as a family. We've had more time for family games and it's sort of nice and I think ahead to the fall and I kind of wonder how it's going to feel to go from zero to 60 a little bit again. I mean, it's coming from our kids and we definitely want them to have those opportunities, not too many so that we can manage. But I think, how is that going to be and how is that going to look like and how is that going to feel? And then how can we sort of maintain some of that more calm that sense of simplicity that we sort of enjoyed a little bit. There have definitely been things that have been t- 
tough and hard and we've missed for sure, but we have enjoyed that element for sure. So I'm curious, how can we as parents think about and incorporate that simplicity into our parenting approach and why is, and why is this so important? Well, I mean, back to just what you were saying, I mean, you get to control it. You don't have to go to zero to 60. I think a really beautiful thing, well, I talk about like mastering the simplicity and mastering the simple moments because really your relationship between you and your child is a relationship and relationships are built in those small moments. And like you said, my daughter and I, we never did a lot of activities, but we go hiking so often now, right? We go swimming more, all the things that we love, right? But when your schedule's packed, you don't have time for that. It also takes away, which is a part of being a conscious parent, but it also takes away your intuition. You know, if you're like today, like I'm just feeling in my body that I need to go for a hike. But if your schedule's packed, then how do you do that? Right. And a question that I ask my daughter every morning is like, well, she always creates her own plan for the day. And it's, it's funny and it's, it's amazing. But, you know, I always ask her like, what would make today a dream come true for you? And she's like, ah, go mini putt or go swim with you or go for a hike. And it's like, she like hardly picks anything other than those three things. So we think that we need to create all these big things and we need to have our children in all these activities so that they'll succeed later in life. But really it's the simple moments that they need, right? And so when we look at simplicity, there's four areas that you can look at. So there's your environment, your schedule, rhythm and predictability, and then filtering out the outside world. I, so I'm going to give you a little bit of an example for each of these, but let's talk about filtering out the outside world. Today, that is like a must for every family, more so than ever. Listening to the news, I think we all know that it can just bring you down, make you more worried, anxious, fearful, and all those things. And there's a difference between like, you know, needing to know, okay, what am I allowed to do today? Where am I allowed to go? Not allowed to go? Where do I have to wear a mask? All those things versus like, keeping track of every case and all those things going on, right? So I'm just talking about that because it's a reality for most of us. But just in general, listening to the news is not good. There's a study that I read about a family and the kid was having all sorts of behavior issues and the family didn't know what to do anymore. And the first thing that they were recommended to do was to stop listening to the news. Within a few weeks, the child completely, all of his anxiety, all of his behavior problems completely went away. I had a family myself and the little girl was two. They came to me for coaching and she was two and she was just so fearful. Every time someone sneezed, coughed, you know, whatever, she would start to cry. That's not really a normal thing for a two-year-old to be experiencing, right? And it's just because we've been like this past year, like almost everyone's been trained to listen to the news and to be on top of everything, but it's not good for anybody. It's not good for us. It's not good for the kids. So really, like when it comes to filtering out the outside, well, the first thing to do is stop listening to the news. The next one is rhythm and predictability. So for that one, if you're someone who likes to do the same thing every single day, go ahead. But if you're not, and if you can't create like a routine every single day, or maybe like, you know, some families like to do Taco Tuesdays or like around mealtimes or just activities or whatever, like game nights on Fridays. If you're someone that's like feels caged with something like that, all you need to do is talk to your child. So 
let's say, okay, at bedtime or after you connect for just one-on-one time, 15, 10 minutes or whatnot, just tell, okay, this is what's happening tomorrow and give your child a rundown. Like, I'm going to drop you off at school. You're going to be in school all day. This person's going to pick you up and then we're going to do that, this and that, you know, and the day will be over. So it does, it doesn't matter if it's the same thing every day or not. If you thrive on having a schedule and a rhythm then do that. But if not, you need to give your child a sense of, okay, someone's in control here. And that will help to reduce their level of anxiety big time. Uh, and then schedules. So back to how you said, I don't know if I'm ready to go from zero to 60. A few days ago, I was chatting with a mom and it was just so powerful. And I said, Hey, like we met hiking a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, Hey, you want to get together for a hike again or come over for a swim or something? And she was like, honestly, I feel like I can't even stay on top of what I have going on now. And we have this, this, and that, and that's where I'm putting my time and energy this summer. So let's talk in a couple months. And I was like, Oh my God. I was like, I love that you like stayed strong on your boundaries and you said no to other things. Because in order to be a conscious mom, like we need to work on our superpowers every day, right? And whatever it is for you that makes you feel joy and love and that allows you to be more present with your kids, you know, for me, like, what are your values, right? For me, it's self-care, well-being, spending time with my daughter, spending time outside. So if I say yes to all these other things, then I'm saying no to the things that truly fuel my soul and that truly fuel my daughter's soul, right? So it's really about choosing what you're adding to your schedule consciously so that you can still make time for the things that you love. And actually you, you should schedule those first and then the remaining time you can choose to leave it unscheduled or not, right? You can choose to add those things. And then when it comes to your environment, like kids have so many toys today. <laughs> it's crazy. And I mean, my daughter probably has too many but it needs to be organized for them, right? So if they have a playroom and stuff is everywhere, they're going to feel cluttered. And you're like, why aren't you playing with your toys? You have a hundred different toys. Play with them. I need some alone time or I need to get some work done, right? But it's the same as us. I refer to this all the time when you're in college or university and you try to study, but all of a sudden you Every cleaning looks, you know, dishes, cleaning the house, laundry, it all looks so appealing. It's because our brain cannot focus when our environment is cluttered, right? So the more clutter there is, the worse it is for your kids to be able to play. And they learn through deep play, through deep unstructured play. So those are the four areas and just kind of one example, but it makes such a big difference. When you start to look at those things and really implement them into your life, it allows children to be able to I don't know, just release the stress, the anxiety, and just be themselves and play is what they're here to do, right? I love the strategies that you shared because they really are so doable, right? It's it's not anything that is really hard or really impossible. They're simple ways unto themselves to implement and create that simplicity for your family. And one of the things that I was sort of reflecting on as you've been sharing today is It really sounds like with your approach to conscious parenting and with that element of human design, that important element of self-reflection. So I I think about, you know, in really trying to understand and improve on my relationship with my child, I'm needing to also think about myself and 
and who I am, maybe what my design is and what my child's design is and where are we similar and where are we different and, and how can we kind of work together to make that work because we're two different people. There's actually a book that I've read. It's called Smart But Scattered. And in that book, it there's a, a quiz that each the parent and the child does to kind of look at the different ways each person's brain works. And it was so enlightening to, to really see those similarities and those differences for each of us. And then to understand why in certain situations, sometimes conflict arises, or there can be a challenging situation. So is there an element of sort of that self reflection piece in the work that you do too? Or do you encourage parents to look inward? All the time. That's the way to raise yourself, right? So that's one of the key pieces to conscious parenting is to be able to raise yourself too. So I actually, that journal that you mentioned at the beginning, I actually created that last summer because I was at the end of the day and I like, I was, you know, certified conscious parenting coach and all these things. But at the end of the day, I would stand on the couch and I'd be like, like, I didn't do what I wanted to do today. Or like I was triggered there or I reacted there and I did this and that. So I put together a series of questions for myself and I trial and errored a few different ones. And, and that's why I created that sparkle time journal is to give that parent, like, you know, you don't want to work with a coach one-on-one or you can't afford to. Then sit down with this journal at the end of the day and just reflect on what happened. What did you do to take care of yourself? Because self-care is your superpower to being that conscious mom, right? What did you do to connect with your child? How was your child's behavior before? How was your child's behavior after, right? Did you get triggered? If yes, did you react or were you able to step back, you know, pause and process it? And now that your child's away from you, can you process it deeper? Can you go into more healing, right? And, you know, gratitude and things like that, because the benefit of self-reflecting and what I've discovered, the more that I've been doing this journal every evening is that when you do get triggered, when things happen, it's so easy for us to step into guilt and shame to be like, I'm a bad mom, right? But if you can sit down with this and look at it more objectively, you're like, I'm not a bad mom. I was just triggered because of X, Y, Z. And now what can I do to shift that? Now that I know that this is happening, like how can I come out of this and how can I create something different tomorrow and the next day, right? So self-reflective is a reflection is a huge piece in the work that I do and what I do personally every day. Yeah. We're always learning as moms, aren't we? Or as parents in general. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much for for sharing your insights on that and just the importance of that reflection piece. It really, I find, you know, personally, it makes such a big difference. And I find that it's a great way to give myself some grace so that when I make a mistake, because it's going to happen, I take that moment of pause and I think about, you know, what I could do differently next time. And it allows me to be a little gentler and a little bit more kind to myself for sure along the way. Now I have a few rapid fire questions for you because I'm always a big part of my parenting philosophy is big borrow steel. So I love being inspired by great ideas from other moms. And I'm curious, what has been one of your go-to meals on those super busy days? So being separated and just being me and my daughter, we have simple meals all the time. (laughs) So our go-tos are honestly like smoothies, pizza surprises, even pizza, 
dips and veggie. Like, I don't know. We keep it very, very simple kind of all the time, whether we're busy or not. Yeah. Simple is good. It doesn't need to be complicated. (laughs) I'm curious as well. What is one of your favorite games or activities that you do with your daughter? I know you've mentioned a few activities. Yeah. So if I think game game, like board game, we love playing sequence. It's something I actually played growing up my whole life. And then we discovered recently the kids version of it. And yeah, we really love playing that game. That is a good one. Yeah. Our kids definitely enjoy games and that is one on our list for sure. What is a book, podcast, or TV show that you have enjoyed recently? I would say Tapping Into Success is a book that I've recently read that I just couldn't put down um, by Jack Canfield, the guy that wrote Chicken Book for the Soul. Yeah, that was a very interesting book. It was taking all the success principles and then adding tapping to it so that you actually can clear the fears or the limiting beliefs around why you can or cannot achieve certain things is very powerful. And just because you're, you're mentioning it, do you mind sharing what tapping is? Yeah. So there's different words for it. EFT is another way, emotional freedom technique. So it's really, you, you tap with the tip of your fingers on certain points on your body. And what it does is it just helps you release those things and kind of reprogram your subconscious mind. I would say, I don't know if that's the actual definition of it, but that's what I feel that it does for me and for my clients. Yeah. Excellent. Cause I'm sure there's going to be people wondering about that. So And in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have a mummy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us. So a mistake, something you wish you had done differently, but ultimately just a learning opportunity you've had as a mom. A lot. I mean, I mess up all the time. (laughs) And... But I think the biggest, I would let's go with learning opportunity is that the first two, three years of my daughter's life, I tried to be as present and conscious as possible, but it was really hard to do that without, you know, trying to take away how I was parented, trying to take away how society wants me to parent her and to parent her her way. I wish I would have learned about human design from her birth, right? Because it just, it makes it so much easier. You take out the guesswork, you're able to kind of lessen the amount of conditioning that they receive in their life because you're parenting them their way and it allows for you to be more in a way patient and understanding with them because you understand that they're not doing this on purpose they're not doing this to piss you off this is just how they're designed to be so let's find a way to honor both of us and to work together if that makes sense Yeah, I know in retrospect, oftentimes we look back, right? And we think about, oh, had I just kind of had that tool or that knowledge before, but I think that it's part of the journey, right? And we just do the best in the moment with what we have and what we know at at the time and just continue to learn and to grow for sure. And before we wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration or support with their own mom work juggles? Yeah, I would say definitely ask for support. So what I've learned is that there's a big difference between like complaining and saying like, I'm so overwhelmed. I, I can't do all these things or, you know, just complaining about everything we have to do versus actually taking the step to ask for support. Just today, for example, you know, I had a lot on my to-do list. I was kind of feeling overwhelmed, but 
I took the morning to do some self-care. And as I was doing the self-care, it came to me, why don't you just get your groceries delivered through Instacart? And then I had to get to go to the market also, but I was like, why don't I just place the order online and get it delivered straight to my house? Right. So that was like an hour and a half of time that I all of a sudden got back because I didn't have to do it. Right. So ask for support where you need it. And also like, don't be afraid to pay for it. Right. I'll pay that $17 that it costs for both of those services, like altogether to be delivered to my house because it saves me an hour and a half to two hours of my time. Right. Where I can be spending doing self-care, being with my daughter or working, whatever it is. Right. So whatever it is, if you enjoy going to the grocery store, go, but can you, what, what in your house can you ask for support in? Is it coming from your spouse, from a friend, from family? Do you pay for it? What is it? But just look at the pros and cons because I was reluctant to do it for a long time. And then when I started doing it, it shifted my life. Because sometimes it's like almost worse. We play it in our head and it's like, oh, I have to do this and I really don't want to. And we waste that mental energy to, you know, and the physical energy. So just ask for the support and then keep, keep things simple. You're going to build your relationship with your child in those simple moments. They just want you. They don't care if you're taking them on a big trip or if you're doing fancy things. It's okay to be boring. And to just build your relationship in those simple moments, asking them what it takes to make, to create a dream come true day for you. And usually it's going to be something simple and do that, right? Put yourself in a way for at least 30 minutes a day, turn it off, put it in another room and just be boring, be simple. And that it's going to shift so much in your life. And it really just is those little simple moments. And they're very powerful forces of connection. That is great advice. Franz, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where are the best places to find you? Instagram and TikTok. They're both at Coach Franz T. So my name and then just the letter T. And then they can access my website through there as well. Because I just I have a website through Teachables, but I... I don't remember the actual name of it, but they can access my website through those accounts. Wonderful. I'll make sure to share all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Franz. It was great to connect with you. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.